The Breakdown Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies telling you what you need to know regarding politics breaking it down politics And welcome to another episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Merck, do your thing. All right, all right. Thanks, Mr. Blue and Odie. Good evening. We got, uh, we got, well, I don't know about lightning. We got thunder out here. So I'm just, yeah. hoping, just hoping electricity holds. And, and we got nothing but bright, hot, 98 degree sun here in Durham. It's funny how you just one county over and y'all got a whole different weather scheme. <laughs> it's like 10 degrees hotter where you are, <laughs> basically. And we're not even that far away. But you know what, that, that's the weather in, uh, you know, it's like they say about a lot of states. You don't like the weather in North Carolina, just wait 10 minutes. Sure. It, was, it was bright sunshine like 15 minutes ago and I started hearing thunder and I'm just like, oh, okay. I, I, I will tell you the worst joke I ever heard in my life as far as like just a really mean joke, a comedian said, uh, you know, Courtney Love, she used to be married to Kurt Cobain and she had a music career for a bit. And the guy said, why, mm -hmm. like he said, why won't Courtney Love be enjoying a delicious Thanksgiving dinner with her family this year? And they were like, because by then she'll be dead of an overdose. Oh, you know, and it, before we get into the serious stuff, it just, it, I just have to ask, how did 50 Cent go from drug dealer who got shot nine times to multi-platinum selling rapper to act to entertainer to just internet troll? Like, why is he out there? Like, every time somebody trips on a curb, he got he got a he got an Instagram post about it. Like, he was he was he's a jerk. He was ragged on Will Smith, and I I know now I know why he's so mad because he used to be worth like almost 200 million dollars, and now. Oh, now he's only worth 30 million. That's still life-changing money. But when you lose like, I don't know, uh, 160, $170 million in, in net worth, it tends to make you a little salty. And I just saw like he was like a uh, ragged on Will Smith about the, about the entanglement thing. As if I didn't see a whole bunch of entanglement memes about Will and Jada. And I'm like, 50, you're a multimillionaire. Stop with the nonsense, man. Go go do something constructive for fuck's sake. You know. But 50 Cent had gotten his name from a stick-up kid who called himself 50 Cent. And he called him 50 Cent because he would rob you even if you only had 50 cents in your pocket. Okay. The legend even goes that he even robbed LL Cool J. So, uh, you know, that's just no proof to that. But in music, there's always a lot of things with names. Like Van Halen, when they first started out, they wanted to name themselves Genesis. And then somebody tapped them on the show, them like, yo, there's already a band called Genesis who've been out for like almost 10 years. Can't call yourself Genesis. Uh, Biggie Small, Notorious B.I.G. The reason why he calls himself that on his albums is because there was another rapper named Biggie Smalls. That much I didn't, I remembered, yeah. And they actually went over a lawsuit over the name, which uh, Notorious B.I.G. lost. So he still calls himself Biggie on his records, but the name of the album is Notorious B.I.G. 
And I found some of the other Biggie Small stuff. It is trash. It is it's just like, how did that dude? I guess the, they should just gave him the judge like a mixtape from the, <laughs> from the, from the quote-unquote the real Biggie, and that would have just settled that lawsuit right there. Just play their songs back-to-back, and it'd be like, all right, uh, Christopher Wallace, you win. You get the fuck out of my courtroom. Um, WWE uh, wrestling used to be called WWF. And then mm-hmm. I remember that they were sued by the World Wildlife Fund over the use yep. of the acronym, and then Vince McMahon lost. Uh, speaking of wrestling, uh, Ultimate Warrior, uh, when he left the WWE on bad terms, uh, he couldn't use the name Ultimate Warrior anymore because it was trademarked to WWE. So to be able to use a trademark, he had to change his last name to Warrior to be a, like legally change his last name to Warrior to be able to still use the Ultimate Warrior title when he does when he went on speaking engagements, you know. And then there were even some times where people were asked to change stuff because of the times. Uh, the wrestler uh, Sting, he was doing his whole uh, the crow persona. He would wear he'd carry a baseball bat, a black bat, and he would wear a trench coat. Right. And this was at the time when Columbine happened. Remember the kids, they called right. themselves the Trench Coat Mafia. And they actually, like a whole bunch, I don't remember if it was an organized group, but they asked them to not wear the trench coat anymore. And he actually complied. Uh, when they were having uh, the stuff in the mail, uh, the anthrax that they were sending in the mail, which was a scary time for me because I worked in the mailroom at the time. And we had no, the really. Room. I remember that. Yeah, Everybody get- was like afraid of getting mail and checking the mail. We had to wear gloves and masks for for the longest time. And um, they actually asked the band Anthrax to change their name because of the whole Anthrax poisoning thing through the mail. And they were like, yeah, we had this name since like the late 70s. So no, it's, it, it's an actual disease, you know, and they were like, we're not going to change our name. But there are some people who get with the times for whatever reason, whether good or bad, and then they try to make the right change. So, and I will say this, in this part, I'm a little bit ashamed of. Uh, you ever hear of a country group called Lady Antebellum? I have. They're the ones that sing that song. Uh, that's the only song that I know, but it's um, it's a song that goes like, it's a quarter after something. Some shit. Like, I, that's the only song I know. Yeah, I don't, but I also don't listen to country music. Yeah, I don't. And by that version of it, you just sang. I have no clue what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not the only one who can't sing without auto tunes, Odie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, I can't sing. I ain't shit. Nope, sure can't. Yeah, I, I put it like this: I probably couldn't sing with auto tune, but um, <laughs> it would probably just make it worse. It would just be feedback, but um. Lady Antebellum is a country music powerhouse. Now, their last three albums didn't sell all that well compared. And, and, and I'd probably have to keep on to the fact that a lot of these publications like uh, Wikipedia, they're not so good with tracking digital sales as they are with physical sales. But, but you got to think the game has changed so much. I mean, there's, you're not going to really have the impact. What they say, you got to do a million streams to get what might be considered 10,000. It's ridiculous some of the, you know, because we don't have the FYEs and the Radio Shacks or wherever other places you might have would have bought albums. Walmart don't even sell albums. They sell albums, but they don't sell CDs or tapes. Target yeah. stopped selling CDs and tapes and only selling a very limited 
amount of vinyl. So it's almost everything relies on digital and the digital numbers are so astronomical to equal what they consider singles or sales or whatever. Plus, when the last time did you buy a CD? Yeah, me and oh, we might buy Beyonce CD, but let's be <laughs> honest, it ain't compared to what we might have bought 15 years ago. I right. used to buy four CDs minimum every single month. That was just my, like once, once I guess, prize for myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, every now and then, if I, I started getting vinyl again when I got a new turntable system. But I'll be honest, the last album I bought, ooh, I hate to say this, was Lemonade. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nobody that makes me want to buy a physical copy of anything if I could even find a physical copy right now. Yeah. I might be able to find a vinyl of some of these ones that I like. Like, I got the Anderson Pack vinyl, which I was very impressed with. But right. let's be honest, I only listen to vinyl because of what? Just to, I guess, nostalgia or to impress my friend who might be visiting or just a different listen. Because honestly, I can listen to anything I want at will on Spotify or Amazon Music or Tidal or Google Play. You know what I'm saying? I think the last CD I bought, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but the only reason why I bought it because it wasn't on Spotify. And I just I ended up getting it on uh, on Amazon for it was not life is good. It was not as life is good for me. I was just talking about that. I'm pretty sure the last CD I bought, okay. or maybe a J Cole album, but I'm pretty sure it was life is good. If it wasn't that, it was probably Nine Inch Nails hesitation marks, and that came out years ago. Jesus. If I was gonna buy a CD right now, it'd probably be the fifth time that I bought that Sade album. I forgot the name of it, but I bought it at least seven times. You're not talking about Love is Rock. Yeah, that one, and also that, um, uh, that Bismarcky, not Bismarcky, <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> Bob Marley album, I keep losing, like someone keeps pilfering from me, you know what I'm saying? I had somebody steal, and, and I, I, I still don't have them back because people keep stealing them. Between uh, Mary J. Blige's My Life and Share My World, I can't keep those CDs in the house. Now it's not a problem because no one really, you know, it's not like before where we yeah. used to where everybody used to come by, but those CDs used to vanish all the time. And the only reason why I didn't break someone's kneecaps over it is because at the time I was getting like a 40% discount at the record store. So if it wasn't for that, somebody would have got hurt over that. I didn't went to jail for Mary J. Blige and we'd never even met. That have been that Share My World album is incredible. I mean, my life broke broke me man that was a depression as depressing as album not in was a bad year for me but um that share my world is so pretty it's so beautiful i don't know i really need to look at the liner notes and see who did production and writing on that they did an amazing job you know the worst part i don't have the cd anymore but i still have the liner notes <laughs> but anyway but anyway you know we could talk about music all day but i but a reason why i bring up lady antebellum and i will say one thing that i'm ashamed about I had no clue what antebellum is because I just, the first time I ever heard the word was with the group, you know, cause they were, they were, uh, they sell tons of records. I think one of their singles, they sold like 9 million copies. So they've been around for about a decade and a half. And uh, the antebellum South, this is from Wikipedia, also known as the antebellum era or the plantation era was a period in the history of the Southern United States from the late 18th century until the start of the American civil war in 1861. This period in the South's history was marked by the economic growth of the region, largely due to its heavy reliance on slavery and of its political influence on the U.S. federal government. It was also characterized mm -hmm. by the rise of abolition and the gradual polarization of the country between 
abolitionists and supporters of slavery. Now this part is from Billboard magazine. And this is about why they use the name Lady Antebellum. Okay, block the band. Bandmates Hillary Scott, Charles Kelly, and Dave Haywood went on to explain the origins of their decision to use antebellum, which references the pre-Civil War era in the American South in their moniker. The, uh, this is a quote from them. When we set out together almost 14 years ago, we named our band after the Southern antebellum style home where we took our first photos. As musicians, it reminded us of all the music born in the South that influenced us. Southern rock, blues, R&B, gospel, and of course, country. But we, but we are regretful and embarrassed to say that we did not take into account the association that, uh, that, that weighed down this word, which includes slavery. So somebody finally told them, yeah, maybe you should change that name, right? And uh, they did. So they changed the name to uh, Lady A. Well, okay, let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. So basically, you want to change the name to shorten it because the A still stands for antebellum, bitch. Like, I'm sure. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I would have said, I would have named it to, I would have just renamed myself Lady Annabella. Like that, you know, like that um, Annabelle, that doll that kills people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lady Annabelle, that'd be kind of funny. Just have just have a bunch of dolls on stage just singing. But um, here's the thing: there is already a blues singer. Uh, she has stuff on Spotify, who calls herself Lady A, and she's been performing for about more than twenty years under that name. Yo, I seen that son. That shit don't even count. Yo, she don't have like her numbers ain't even nothing in comparison, dude. That shit is who garbage. cares? Yeah, basically. We're not doing this to this black lady. We're not doing this to this black lady. Nah, son. Nah, I, I sold 150 million records compared to your poultry $8,000 records. No, I win. Well, and, and, and that was part of the point I'm going to make is that now, here's the thing, though. Uh, supposedly, Lady Antebellum tried to copyright the, the Lady A thing but they didn't really enforce the copyright because they were trying to find out who else had the name. So the reason why they never enforced it is because there was somebody who had that name, who was an established artist. I mean, they're not like famous, like they mainly, they mainly perform like in the Pacific Northwest, but they do perform internationally and they do have albums on Spotify. So they are an established recording artist. And she's been doing this for 20 years under that name. So they figured, okay, we are going to, work with her right you know we'll cut a song together it'll be all peace and love and kumbaya but then uh lady a the jazz singer got the documents from the lawyers for lady antebellum and they she was just like and and then she was just like she's like i'm not happy with this because in her words she said they're trying to erase me so it was like they were trying to because at one point they were trying to say well we could both use the name but then the lawyers were trying to trying to do otherwise, right? So the deal kind of fell through. Now, my thing is this. Lady Antebellum said that they were changing their name because of the Black Lives Matter movement and trying to be more sensitive to racial issues, right? But then they try to do the most slave thing possible, which is force a Black woman to change her name. And their, and their argument... And their argument, and I know Blue was just joking around, but that, that was their argument, that they sell more records so they should have the name. 
So in other words, they're going back and forth between their flowery, let's all get along speeches that they do online, and then the lawyers trying to do this woman dirty. So of course, you know that they were getting dragged all day, all day and all night for the last week on, on, uh, on Twitter, you know, because those articles are coming out and it's turning into a real mess. Now, don't get me wrong. It's probably not going to affect their album sales. But I, I did want to note that, I mean, yes, black people do listen to country. I mean, uh, my parents listen to country. They love it for some reason. I, don't, I never made the correlation between soca music and country, but they made it. <laughs> you know, they made that connection. But um, it's basically, to me, it's more along the lines of Black Lives Matter until they're in my way. You know, and those, I mean, we need allies, but those type of allies, we don't need. You know, you could change your name to almost anything else. And people will still know exactly who you are. You remember, uh, you remember rapper Smith and Wesson? Yeah, Hell yeah. Thanks who don't remember Duck Down? Da, 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 da. I still have yeah. that CD. But then and, they had to go by Coco Brothers. Yeah, because they got uh, they got sued by. You know, it's funny how a gun manufacturer was made famous by Dirty Harry pointing at the people and saying, "Make my day." Didn't want two black dudes <laughs> using it because they felt that it would sully the name of Smith and Wesson. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They don't even spell their name the same on their on as their moniker. I know, but they got they got uh, sued anyway. It was close enough. My thing with that was, I feel like you can sue when you're in the same industry. So, like two singers, both named Smith and Weston, that makes sense because it sounds close enough where there could be a reasonable amount of confusion. But if I'm talking about my Smith & Wesson gun in the context of where I'm talking about my gun versus, oh, yeah, I heard the new Smith & Wesson album, then there's no confusion there because it's too Yeah, but you're not things, thinking so. about trademarks. They own that copyright. They own that trademark. Yeah, you know but I mean? that's why there can be technical, and that's my point. So depending on the industry, sometimes there can be two different people. Or as long as they're not in the, or using the same, they can use. If I went out right name. now and as a rapper, not even as a rapper, let's just say I That's wanted a part to make of some Beyonce. Marketing. I wanted to make some Beyonce jeans. I mean, really? No, that's her name, her moniker. I'm pretty sure she trademarked it for seven hundred. I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Because they'd be saying I'm infringing on her name by making some pants with her name on it, or whatever I want to do with put Beyonce on it. Of course, I would only do it because I'm chasing clout and mm -hmm. want to get some sales. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. It, so maybe Smith and Wesson, that's how they feel. It, uh, this association with this particular rap group that talks about killing and doing drugs and stuff was selling our name as, yeah, we our guns do kill people. No, people who use our guns kill people, but we don't want to be associated with blacks. Who else was something like that? Hill figure was like, oh, yeah, you know, the blacks buy our stuff, but shoot, we don't make it for them. Fuck them. Who else was somebody else did it? Um, I want to say Versace, Versace did something like that. Mm. His, his people, not him himself, but I guess his brand after he died was was a similar thing. Um, Maybach was like, "How? Who the fuck is Maybach music? Fuck them!" You know what I'm saying? We don't make these for blacks. You know what I'm saying? You know, shit like that. Yeah, and the list usually goes on. I I I I would I would have just said it like this. Look, just don't change your name. You know, because here's the thing. If I don't like this whole, 
hypersensitivity that people have. They were just like, okay, well, uh, we got to start changing because of Black Lives Matter. If you're not really Yeah, if you're not cause, down with the cause, you're just yeah. doing that shit. If you're doing it just, just to be fake woke, like don't, yeah. don't bother doing it. Just, just keep the name as is. And yeah. just, just, just own it. Because at the end of the day, we don't care about none of these placated attempts to quell Black people in their anger. Like, did y'all arrest Breonna Taylor's killers yet or no? <laughs> right now that we're talking about entanglement let's entangle some cops in jails get some jail sentences for these people that killed Breonna Taylor's killers you know what I'm saying exactly. now that we mold over these two people's businesses for two days three days or whatever let's get back to mulling over Breonna Taylor trending again so we can get these people and it's been seven years arrested. it's been seven years since Black Lives Matter was founded yeah. well, hold on let me say something about the Breonna Taylor thing real quick and that's pretty, that's pretty no impressive. You would think seven years, damn! You know, you wouldn't even know. It didn't even seem like it's been that long. You know what I'm saying? No, nope, but I do remember on. my son having a black. I, huh? All I see on my memories on my timeline is I, I posted something. I said, um, I said, well, my post on July 13, 2013, said, I guess I'll be doing any illegal activities in Florida from now on, because I'll never be brought to justice. So why not? <laughs> As as long as a provided, I probably kill a black person. That's what it has to be. But yeah, that's the shit I was talking about. My picture was blacked out on July 13, 2013. And uh, in 2016, I don't even remember what this episode was about. But the title was You Won't Stop Our Blackness from one of my favorite podcasts to read. And the name of the episode was called You Won't Stop Our Blackness. So I already know it must have been about some racist shit that happened because of the title and what I put uh, every day shit you know what I'm saying it's like this shit has been going on like it's so crazy to see all my memories on my timeline about things that have mattered to me um, and then just not seeing very much change regarding those things that matter to me dude I remember before I even met y'all before I even moved to North Carolina I used to live in South well I used to live in South Carolina and I moved here and I had something like a podcast it was basically web-based radio it was called blog talk radio so it was blogging via talking anyways we were our, our initial show was initially on there for one season and then we got booted off for some reason but anyways um with that show our first episode was like 12 things the negro should do now it was written circa 1912 something like that it was so crazy how 1912, the things that's in that particular mon that monologue or whatever you want to call it, is as relevant today, 90% of it is as relevant today as it was 108 years ago. And that, to me, is absolutely insane. Well, put it like this. I, I think John Stewart put it best. You know, he was on, um, he was on a Breakfast Club. And, uh, and he was on there for like an hour, just... You know, kind of dropping knowledge. He made he made a point before I get into the, the what what John's to, well real quick. He said that the problem that the reason why African Americans are so behind is that the whole time that African Americans were fighting for just basic equality, other people were were able to build their wealth because they mm -hmm. didn't because they didn't have anything in their way. So like you said, you know, all the stuff from like a hundred years ago, like we're still almost pretty much in the same place. Not like only that, look at all the, what they did out west, how they were basically given land 
away for free, while they was basically giving them interest-free to no fee loans in order for them to expand the West. So everything west of the Mississippi is almost a given, free money, you know what I'm saying, for the whites that, that got their confidence in that, how they segregated the cities and put, went and let, built these, oh, I saw this thing the other day on Instagram, there was a video attached to it, where they had whole suburbs when they were trying to get people to come out of the city, but the suburbs were, you weren't allowed to, the mandates of the suburbs was you were not allowed to have any black people stay there and you cannot sell your property to any black people, that it was just for the whites. And it was just like whole suburbs. And they're saying some of those things were still in place to this day. You said Hollywood was supposed, I mean, before it became the whole thing about the movies, was basically a, uh, like a whites only uh, housing development. Yeah, that's that's what the banker was about, which which was really good. Yeah. You you figure like this, though. John Stewart had a point. He's he said, um, and I'm trying to remember Jordan Klepper. I think it was Jordan Klepper. I don't want to tell lies. And, and, well, now you guys know Jessica Williams. She's one half of uh, Two Dope Queens, right? You know, and she was a writer and a correspondent on. Yeah, Danny, I know that that's right? like his proteges. I I didn't. I don't know the Two Dope Queens names, but yeah, I'm familiar with their work. And um, John Stewart talked about um how for some reason, some things come better. I mean, are more listened to when it comes from a white person than it comes from a black person. And he was talking about like Jessica Williams made a, they were all, I guess, in their writing meeting or whatever. And Jessica Williams made a statement about race and Jordan Klepper was kind of like, no. You know what I mean? Like kind of like, like that's not really, that's not really a thing. And then like a few minutes later, John Stewart made a similar point and then Jordan Clipper was like, you know what? That makes perfect sense. And Jessica Williams was like, that's just the exact same thing that I said, <laughs> you know? Like people kind of dismiss that whole thing when it comes from, uh, they seem to respect it more when it comes from, uh, when it comes from someone other than black folks for some reason. There was some know? movie I was watching uh, recently. I can't remember. It was like, Oh, it was, it was um, Troop Zero with Viola Davis and some other people. <laughs> I just remember her being in the movie. And um, there was like a bully that was, you know, like bullying one of the girls, like the main character in the movie. And she was a white girl. And her sidekick was the black girl. And the black girl would come up with all these like quips and like smart ass comments or whatever. And nobody would hear her when she said it. And then the white girl will repeat the same thing and everybody would like clap and like snap and like not in agreement and shit whenever yeah. she said it. But it's like the black girl was invisible. I kind of was disappointed that they didn't make the black girl like switch sides or whatever, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's, 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 I was, it was relatable content. I was like, yep, that sounds, sounds like real life. Sounds yeah. like I mean, going back to Lady Antebellum before we before we move on, it's basically like, look, uh, I would rather you not be woke than to be fake woke, because Ooh. it's just going to backfire on you. I mean, and, and here's the thing with Lady Antebellum, I don't, I know nothing about their music. You know, like I said, they sell a lot of records. I'm pretty sure that most of their fans that stuck with them all those years don't really give two squirts of piss about all this other stuff going on. They just want to hear them make music. But the problem why it resonates with someone like me is that 
I've come to find out that a lot of these liberals are just fake woke. And then they don't really want to listen when someone tries to let them know what's going on. I had to school, so I'm not going to go into it because it's going to take too much time, but I had to school somebody recently on Black, on Black Lives Matter. And I was going to let it go, but they put up a meme that basically stated that if you, uh, if you uh, have Lives Matter and you put a color in front of Lives Matter, then, uh, then you're a racist and, you know, we're all in the, you know, we're all in the human race and some other horse shit. And I, and I would have let it go if it wasn't for the whole fact that she was saying, like, if you don't believe all lives matter, then you're a racist. And then I had to, you know, do the boilerplate, you know, it, I didn't say anything revolutionary that we haven't said on the show a hundred times or we haven't heard a hundred times. But I had to let them know why we have to say Black Lives Matter, you know. But why and, does it bother and, 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 if all lives matter, then then black lives do matter. So you agree. That's that I feel like that is the perfect way to really end that. And just say, so you agree. Black lives matter. Because <laughs> you just said all of them. That includes black ones, right? Okay, well then let's yeah. act like it. Yeah. But that's the thing, you know, they may I mean they may live in a little bubble where they think that everything is hunky dory and they just don't want to admit it. You know, I had somebody uh well I, let me not soak up too much more time because you know me, I, I go off on tangents. <laughs> so, but Lady Antebellum, stop with the fake wokeness. And speaking of being fake, let me put it like this, okay? Just really jumping off on a tangent here. I heard uh, Patton Oswalt, one of my favorite comedians, when, you know, in his much younger days, he started a comedy routine by saying these words. I watched a man shave his balls today. And he was like, let me back up. And then he told the story about how he happened in the public bathroom in Vegas, some dude, you know, with his leg over a sink, shaving his balls. You know, it's Vegas. What are you going to do? Right. That statement is basically the, the political equivalent of, of saying, I watched Joe Biden tell a Medicare for all advocate with ALS in a wheelchair and speaking with a voice box that not only should he not have socialized health care, but we should spend a trillion dollars to give everybody the same Obamacare goal plans that are fucking him in the ass with no Vaseline. Thanks, Joe. You bought and paid for corporate shill. Like, he doesn't even hide the fact that he's a bought and paid for corporate shill. And if it wasn't for a global pandemic that Trump mishandled, uh, he'd be mopping the floor with Joe Biden. Not because... Uh, Trump is better than Joe Biden. That is absolutely not true. It's because Joe Biden can't even meet the basic bare bones standard of being a decent human being when it comes to policy. I'm pretty sure he's a decent human being to his wife and his kids. But when it comes to policy, he can't even pretend to be a, a human being. And the bar is so low, he could say the most basic shit and his fans are just like, oh, Joe, Joe, you're so presidential. Like the fuck are you clapping for? Joe Biden had a tweet where he said, because of the whole, um, the whole bounty thing on American soldiers from the Russians, right? And Trump tried to play like he didn't read those security briefings. That was Joe Biden's tweet that got like thousands of likes. Um, when I'm president, I'll read my security briefings. And I'm just like, yeah, Joe, that's your fucking job. That'd be, like, that'd be like if I told my boss, you know what, boss? Uh, just for you. I'm gonna read all my. I'm gonna read all the emails that you send me, just for just because just because I like you. 
Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And you figure, like, Joe, can we just pick the bark out of the dirt to make it, to give it a little bit of effort to, to, to climb over, Joe? You fucking shell of a man. You, you husk. Put it like this, okay? Joe, there was a story in Huffington Post, right? Here's the title of it. Hold on, I forgot to pull it up before, so I'm hoping the video doesn't pop up over it. If it does, I apologize. Oh, good, they muted it. Thank you, Huffington Post. Here, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the thing. Joe Biden, this is the title of it. Joe Biden hammers Betsy DeVos with a promise that has his supporters fired up. And it says, and in the subtitle, the Democratic presidential candidate reveals how he'll replace Trump's education secretary. Really, Joe? You were going to leave that bitch in there? You weren't going to replace her? So you have to actually tell people that you're going to replace Betsy DeVos if you become president? She's not a judge. It's not a lifetime appointment. You put in the person who you want. That's how Betsy DeVos got there in the first place, because Trump put her there. So we didn't even have an expectation in our minds that if you became president, you would leave Betsy DeVos there. That, that, that doesn't even compute. So why should you have to say that just to get people to be fired up? It's because he has nothing more to offer. He's just an empty, he's just an empty shell of a man. He has no real policy directives except to fuck people over. When he was talking to the, to the, uh, the advocate from the, for the ALS thing, right? Uh, you know, he has ALS and he was talking about how he has to spend hours on the phone with his insurance company, right? In order to get them to pay his bills. And he has one of those stupid gold plans, right? You know what Joe Biden said? He was like, yeah, well, you know, when I was hospitalized, they charged me $280,000. And then uh, when his son, uh, when Bo, his son Bo died of cancer, he said, yeah, they, they charged me a million dollars. I'm like, Joe, how much of that did you actually pay? You're a former vice president. You've been a senator for like 50, for like 40 years. How much of that did you actually pay? Yeah, that's what they charged you. How right. much did you pay? You empty, you He's like a he's like a scarecrow stuffed with newspaper. Like he's just that's why they leave him in the basement. Because when he comes out of the basement, he says dumb shit like that. And it just pisses me off. Now I will say one thing about Betsy DeVos. Okay. Uh, about the Democrats and Betsy DeVos. You know, the reason why I hate Nancy Pelosi is because of her performance art. She'll come out there with a little quip, she'll crack on Trump's weight, she'll do something else stupid. But for the most part, she pretty much does what Trump wants, right? The tax cuts, extra military spending, that's Pelosi's fingerprints all on it because it, it helps her donors as well, okay? So she's not going to oppose that. She's going to quietly agree with it. And then, you know, uh, when they have the State of the Union address, she'll do her little bitch clap, and then uh, they'll take a picture of it, and they're like, yeah, they're like, yes, queen, or whatever the fuck they say. And I'm just like, you guys are the biggest bunch of suckers I've ever seen in my life. How many times are you going to fall for the banana tailpipe, right? But I will say one thing about Betsy DeVos. Not one, I looked it up, not one Democrat voted for Betsy DeVos for her appointment, right? Every Democrat voted no. Both uh, independents, Bernie Sanders and um, uh, Angus King, who were the independents, they also voted no. And then two Republicans, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, also voted no. 
So it was a 50, 50 so with them voting no, it was a 50, 50 tie. And then uh, Mike Pence had to come in and break the tie. So that's how Betsy DeVos got appointed. And I will say one thing, when the Democrats on that, they did hold strong because they- I thought she just got, I thought she got appointed just due to good old money. <laughs> well, and for, for something like that, they have to go through the Senate and then they have to, they have to vote for you. So mm -hmm. that's, now, now you are absolutely correct. That's how she got the nomination in the first place because her, family, her family donated tens of millions of dollars to the Republican Party. They're the, uh, her family is um, Amway. You know, that stuff that people think they're going to be rich and then they end up going yeah, into debt. Yeah, the scam and shit. The yeah, the, the, the legal scam. I didn't realize that the, in Orlando, I think it's Orlando, it's, it, it's the Amway Stadium, the Amway Center. It's, it's basically a legal pyramid scheme, and that's how they made their money. Go figure. <laughs> legal pyramid scheme. You know what that's like? It's like being a, it's like, well, I, I guess I can't say being a legal pimp because in some places in the United States, like Reno, prostitution is legal. Matter of fact, they, don't they have an HBO show about that? What do they call it? The Pussycat Ranch or some dumb shit? Prostitution is legal, but pimping still is not legal the there. Bunny something, the Bunny Ranch, I think. The Bunny Ranch. Oh yeah, Moonlight Bunny Ranch. Yeah, I I watched a couple episodes on that, and it's it's, it's a pretty you know. It's I just, bet you did, buddy. <laughs> but I mean, their their trials and tribulations just didn't move me. But anyway, uh, it's the Democrats are basically just. Somebody made a point on Twitter today and they basically just called it, you know, Nancy Pelosi and their whole crew just, uh, it's just performance art. And they're like, how many, how many times are people going to be fooled by their performance art? They used to, oh, actually, no, it was Peter Dow. I posted that earlier today because Peter Dow said he used to think that, and I'm paraphrasing, so I don't have it in front of me, but he said he used to think that um, the Democrats were fighters, but just didn't know how to fight, Right. And then it's, it took them a long time, it took them 10 years to realize that it wasn't that they just didn't know how to fight, that it's basically just manipulation to make you, to make, to fool you into thinking that they're fighting for you. And in the meantime, they're, I mean, put it like this, like I mentioned on, uh, on, on Saturday, you have all these never Trump Republicans who are attaching themselves to Joe Biden. He doesn't have to change for them. He's already where they want him to be. He's already everything they've ever hoped for, right? So he doesn't have to change. The only thing they have to do is make sure he doesn't go over to the left. That's it, okay? So anybody who, I mean, if you vote for Joe Biden, that's great. As a matter of fact, I encourage you to vote for Joe Biden because he's better than Trump. I'm not, but then again, it's just me. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, just one, I'm just one crackpot in the radio. Um, but I'm just saying, listen, if you plan on voting for Joe Biden, vote for Joe Biden. All I'm saying is don't be surprised when nothing happens. Don't be surprised when your life is going to be exactly the same as it was when Trump was president. Don't be surprised when, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. That's how much it pisses me off. But people are like, yeah, when, when Joe Biden becomes president, everything's going to be better. Word. Based on what? Based on Joe's policies? Okay. I, I will believe that when I see it. And trust me, I will not see it. It was kind of like um, those old cartoons where he was like, uh, 
your dog was like, um, like something screws, something screws going on here, or my name isn't Latimer, and it isn't. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, all these people, I mean, and I guess the article caught my eye because it's a rare instance of people being fired up for Joe Biden. Like Twitter is just all, at least, at least on my feeds, is all doom and gloom. No one's happy about Joe Biden. You know, the difference between voting for Joe Biden and being fired up about Joe Biden, voting for Joe Biden is me going to the voting booth, voting for, for, voting for Joe Biden, and I come out of the voting booth and they're like, who'd you vote for? Like, yeah, shut your fucking face. That's who I voted for, you asshole. And then walking away. That's voting for Joe Biden. That's voting for Joe Biden. Um, me being fired up about voting for Joe Biden would mean that I would go to all my relatives and I find out if they're voting. If they're not voting, I'd say, hey, listen, let's get you down to DMV. Let's get you an ID. Okay? Let's get you registered to vote. Let's beat mm-hmm. that deadline. I'll, I'll pick you up. I'll, I mean, I don't drive, but you know what I mean. Like, I'll pick you up. Let's all, let's all go to the we voting booth together and vote. That's the difference between being fired up to vote and just voting because you have to. That's the right. difference. You know, so people are not fired up for Joe Biden. And now all of a sudden, Republicans are really going out and registering to vote because they see that, that their savior is getting ready to go away. And they're trying to do everything they can to keep him in power for another, for another four years. And um, if Democrats aren't careful, it's going to be Hillary 2.0. One of the things that Joe Biden wants to do, he wants to give the cops more money. Because he does not believe in the funding the police, and he wants to give cops more funding. The fuck is the matter with you, Joe? But I will say this: there was a story that caught my eye, that made me. And granted, this is in New York, and granted, it hasn't passed yet. It still needs to pass in New York. This is just a proposed bill, okay? But put it like this: for those of you who've never looked at your insurance, right? Let's talk auto insurance for real quick. There's two basic parts of your insurance that has to be there. That's, that's the spine of your insurance policy. It's property damage, bodily injury. Property damage, of course, is if you hit another car or damage someone else's property with your car, right? Like you run to somebody's mm-hmm. fence or take out their mailbox. Property damage pays for that. If you injure someone in an accident, your bodily injury covers that. That's what they call your liability insurance because you're liable, right? Mm-hmm. So um, now I see people driving with like 30, 60, which basically means 30,000 per person, 60,000. Oh, no, actually, I see some state that goes as low as 1530. $15,000 per person, $30,000 for an incident. I stayed overnight in the hospital. They were running tests on me because I had a bad reaction to my medication, my new meds, and they charged me $15,000 for an overnight hospital stay. Hey, since you had a bad reaction, did you get the, um get some money back from your provider? Oh, say again, Blue, you cut off. I said, since that happened, was you able to get a reimbursement from your provider? Oh, no, I probably didn't. I probably didn't even think of it. I, I, I don't like calling my insurance company because I don't like being frustrated. Yeah, and then yet I talk about politics twice a week and I don't like being frustrated. <laughs> but... um. 
I mean, insurance covered most of it. I still had to come out with nearly two grand out of that 15,000 and then plus another few grand in extra bills. Like every doctor that poked me in the ribs charged me money. So it, it was just a nightmare for an overnight hospital stay where they gave me breakfast with like two 50 cent piece sized pancakes. And they were like, all right, here's a bill for $15,000, you lucky so-and-so. But for something uh, that had nothing to do with you because you had an allergic reaction to medication that your provider gave you. Now, if that ain't the most bullshitness thing I've ever heard, I don't know what is. Yeah. And like I said, I probably should have investigated it more, but you know, I, I try to be as hands off with the insurance as possible because I just hate talking to these people. My health insurance, anyway. My uh, my insurance for my uh, tenant insurance, they're they're pretty cool. But you figure like this, right? Even if you, oh, well, speaking of of home insurance, right? If you have like for apartments, you have liability insurance. It starts base at a hundred thousand dollars. Your liability insurance is basically covers not just if someone gets injured in your home but also if you damage the property. So let's just say I, I, I run a bat, let's just say, I, and this is a true story, not, it didn't happen to me, it happened to uh, a neighbor, my old apartment complex. Let's just say I went to the, to the state fair and I was like, wow, that's the best corn dog I ever had. You know what, I should try and make them. So I try and make them in my kitchen and the grease splashes up on the walls and the kitchen catches on fire. That actually happened to a neighbor of mine uh, I came back, I came home and saw the fire, saw the fire trucks and I asked him, hey, what happened here? And he was like, yeah. And the, and the look on the fireman's face was just like, ugh. <laughs> but he was like, he's like, he didn't say some idiot. I said some idiot. The fireman was actually really nice. But he's like, yeah, someone tried to make corn dogs in their kitchen and the grease splashed up on the wall and the kitchen caught on fire. And I was just like, corn dogs? Jesus Christ. At least if you tried to make a frozen turkey and you did that. I'm like, I can imagine because turkey's delicious, but corn dogs there's no corn dog good enough for me to set my kitchen on fire but for that guy his liability insurance would cover the damages to that uh to that kitchen because that happened because of his own negligence so the reason why i talked about that is because in new york they are trying to pass a bill for you know for new york state that requires cops to carry liability insurance I like you're tying all of this in. Like you're going around the way, but you're getting us to the good stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm getting to the good stuff eventually. You're getting to the good stuff. <laughs> eventually. So this is from the New York Post. And once again, I should have preloaded this. I'm hoping the articles don't come up. Now, here's the thing, right? In New York, they pay. So, but, so this is from the New York Post. Between July 2017 and June of 2018, New York City paid out $230 million in 6,472 cases for alleged misconduct or alleged wrongdoing by officers. According to a report released by City Comptroller Scott Stringer's office. So that's within 11 months. They paid out $230 million in 11 months for misconduct cases, right? Where does all that money come from? Taxpayers. It comes from the taxpayers. They pay all that money. So what they want to do is they want cops to carry liability insurance. Now, it's not as bad as it seems, but it still gives them some accountability. So what happens is the city would maintain those accounts, right? But if you screw up and you uh, have a misconduct claim that they have to pay out on, 
if there is a rise in premium because of that, the cop has to pay the difference in premium. Now, for those of you who live in big cities like uh, New York, uh, or I should say po uh, populous states, New York, Pennsylvania, Florida, California, Texas, you'll notice that if you get into an accident, right, or you have a, you have a claim and you become a bigger risk and then your, your policy goes up, in those states, it's usually a pretty huge increase. So an increase in New York is much bigger than an increase, say, in Alabama or Montana, right? So if you're in New York, you're already in one of the most expensive places in the country, right? You eat a liability claim, and then you're, and you have to pay the difference on that insurance, that's a lot of money. And the reason why they want to do that is to give the cops some accountability. Why should cops care how many teeth they break or how many ribs they crack? if the city's footing the bill, right? Because you have cops who have files as thick as their wrists. They don't give a shit because it's not costing them anything. So now it's gonna give them some personal responsibility. You know the thing that Republicans talk about all the time. What do they talk about all the time? Personal responsibility. They can't get enough of personal responsibility and now they're gonna give the cops those personal responsibility. Because if you fuck up, you got to pay the difference. It's going to come out of your check. That's now. what that's what doctors have to do. I yeah. don't see the problem. I don't see the problem. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if it passes. But and I'm pretty sure now that Cuomo's crew is broken up, his uh, I forgot what he called it, his his little enclave that was blocking all those progressive measures that got broken up during the last election. We'll see if I mean I, I'm pretty sure that this will probably pass, and then we'll see if. Uh, Let me see here. Measures just a slew of police accountability measures that were passed by. Let me see here. Bear with me a moment here. Let me see if I missed something in this. Ah, okay. Each offered up to okay. I wanted to be sure I didn't miss something and see if it was already signed in the law. It hasn't been signed in the law yet but it looks like something that that may actually just pass because there's been a whole lot of accountability measures that they've been signing in the law lately, mm -hmm. you know? So, and I think this is a good move because it gives the cops that personal responsibility. I think that, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's people are, everybody wants personal responsibility until it costs them. <laughs> Right. Once it starts costing them, then all of a sudden it's just like, well, maybe the city should pay for it. No, maybe you should pay for it. You know, you figure out of the out of the what the two three billion dollars that the New York City cops get, I wonder how much of that money goes into uh, settling lawsuits. So, like I said, in that eleven month period, they they spent two hundred thirty million dollars in six thousand cases. So that's about, that's an average of $35,000 per person, average, All right? No, I did not do that math in my head. I'm not that good. I used a calculator beforehand. But um, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely insane that the same people who cry for personal responsibility don't want to take responsibility. You know, we talked about all these cops falling for retirement and, and they think we're going to miss them. When does a cop ever stop the crime? It's rare because for them to stop a crime, they have to usually be there at the right place at the right time for, for the crime happening. Cops patrolling streets does not stop crime. 
Because if, if, if it did, there wouldn't be a whole heck of a lot of crime. So, um, matter of fact, they found that in, in a lot of these places where, they, where the cops do patrol, there's actually, and I mean, and put it like this, let's say the cops do show up on time, they almost always make the situation worse. Because they're either just shooting first and asking questions later, or they're in situations that they're not equipped to deal with, like somebody with mental health issues. You know? So I think that this is a great idea. And I think that the cops should be held more accountable and not because there was one case that happened. No, we're talking 6,000 cases in the span of 11 months that happens year after year. That's why it should happen. Because I will tell you this, the city's not gonna pay out unless they know that their guy is wrong. No one pays out if they're innocent. This isn't show business where it's like, okay, we're going to pay to make this go away because even though I'm in the right, the publicity will be, no one gives a shit about that when you're, when you're counting beans for the, for the city of New York. The only way they would pay out is if they know, okay, yeah, they got us. So if we don't settle, we're going to get, we're going to get hosed in court. So I think this is a great idea. And, and I really hope if it hasn't passed already, I hope it does pass. I think Same. gun owners should have liability to have extra liability too. I told a story on here a couple of years back about the about the idiot who was trying to shoot a raccoon on his property with a giant mm -hmm. handgun and he missed the raccoon and the bullet went to his neighbor's house, went through their window and went through their kids' uh, entertainment center. Thank God they weren't sitting there. They just had to be elsewhere in a house. And just thank God that that story ended with nobody getting hurt. But people, they buy guns and they may know how to clean them. They may know how to unload them, but they don't know when to use them. So just for that fact alone, if you own more than one gun, you should have to carry liability insurance so that if you kill someone or if you injure someone, right, that you, yep. have, that you have to pay for that. Now, I would imagine that that would probably come off your insurance anyway. I mean, insurance is basically for your, you know, auto insurance is for your car, you know. And then you got uh, your home insurances for your home. You should have to carry extra liability insurance if you own more than one gun. So that if you accidentally shoot somebody or if you do something stupid like this guy, then uh, who tried to shoot a raccoon in his backyard, then, uh, you know, pay for damages. Because, I mean, you can't have all these guns, not know when to use them, and then just be like, well, glad nobody got hurt. Nah, I can't do that. So... Before we wrap up, I want to talk about my main man, 50 Grand, Donald Trump. It's my homeboy. I thought you were about to say 50 Cent. I was about to say, what the fuck? We, 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 <laughs> me and Trump, we go way back. You know, I, you know, I used to carry speakers for him back in the day. No, I'm kidding. Of course, I'm kidding. But Donald Trump did something uh, the other day that I never thought he would do. He wore a face mask in public. And I will say this. He looked like an absolute jackass. No, I'm kidding. That's not true. Okay. He looked like everybody else that wears a mask. Okay. He didn't look any, he didn't look stupid. He didn't look any different. You know, he actually, he, he visited uh, Walter Reed Medical Center and um, he wore a mask. Right. And uh, on Damage Report, part of a uh, young uh, TYT, uh, John Iarola was talking about it. He found some tweets from people. Right. And this is how, they always talk about how liberals are just sheep. 
right? And they're just followers. Conser I mean, conservatives always make up terms that describe themselves perfectly, you know? So they're like, oh, you liberals are just sheeple. So they found a whole bunch of tweets from people who were literally like, I'm not going to read them all, but they were literally like, um, they were getting mad because they were like, well, I'm not going to wear a mask because you're not going to muzzle me. And then Trump wears a mask. I'm like, that mask looks badass. Where can I get one? I'm not even making that up to be funny. That's what people were doing. Hell, they got on Judge Jeanine Pirro because she wore a mask in public. And people were literally like, I'm not watching this show anymore. You know? But Trump wears a mask, and now all of a sudden they're like, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there were a lot of people who were, who were ragging on Trump. I just didn't read those tweets. But I'm pretty sure there were a lot of those QAnon jerknecks who were just ragging on uh, Trump for wearing a mask. But... My thing is, finally, after 130,000 dead people, he's finally doing the right thing. And it just no. goes to show you, oh, how much? And no, it's not that I disagree with the number. I mean, it's just oh. the reason. Yeah. I mean, you figure there's only, what, what's, what it's, we're halfway through July, right? So less than four months away from the election, right? Betsy DeVos is trying to force people to go back to school because they want the country to seem like it's going back to normal because it's tanking his numbers. I mean, I'm pretty sure Trump will hit a 25% favorability rating before the end of the month if things keep going the way that they're going, right? Which would be astronomically low. I think he's already like in the, the low 30s right now. I'm pretty sure he'll hit 25% by August. That's how bad he's doing, you know? And it's almost entirely based on his handling of coronavirus. Psych, because when he give out these second round of stimulus checks, he's going to be 65%, baby. You know what? That's actually not, uh, well, put it like this. He will definitely try to put his name on it in order to give himself Literally. some goodwill. Absolutely he will. But the problem is that second round of stimulus checks ain't going to do shit when people are already getting, getting ready to get evicted. So in other words, all that... Um, all those protections for people who are, you know, had to pay their mortgage or had to pay their rent, those, pardon me, those protections are going up, uh, I think, end of this month. So a lot of people who are behind on their rent and behind on their mortgage who can't pay, uh, they're going to get, uh, now, now, what some people are doing is this, right? They are taking whatever is owed. And it all depends on the company. I don't know what, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've been lucky and I've been blessed that I already worked from home and I didn't lose any hours. You know, I, my hours didn't get cut. I still work full time. So I've been blessed in that regard. So I don't have to worry about paying my rent, but there are, there are some people I know who had to worry about paying their rent. I don't know how their apartment complexes are going to handle it, but the protections mm -hmm. for evictions, I think ends either in a couple of, well, a couple of weeks, it will be the end of the month, but I think they end at the end of the month. So that means that if you don't have the money, they may start evicting people or they may start uh, foreclosing on people. So if Trump was going to do something to help these people, he should have done it a month ago. Okay. Instead of, uh, instead of Waiting being Trump. Second. Yeah. Instead of just being Trump. Right. I'll say this about president Obama. I've had my issues with Obama lately because of the way he handled things in the primary clearing the way for, uh, for broken old status quo Joe to get the nomination. But I will say this, 
this is an aggressive disease, right? An aggressive virus. There's no way we would have skated with like eight people dead. It doesn't matter who the president was. I don't give a shit if Superman was president. Somebody would have taken a cutback on this, right? I'll say this, and people will disagree with me, but I'll just come out and say it. I think if Obama was president during this whole thing, right, we would probably not even pass 60,000 deaths. I'll even give you 70,000 just because of the stupidity of Americans. And there's always going to be those QAnon folks who are going to resist. I'll give you 70 grand tops on coronavirus deaths if Obama was president. And I don't mean, like, up, I, and I don't mean up until this point now. I mean, up and from now, from when it started until when it ends, whenever it ends. I think if Obama was president, we would not pass 60,000 dead. And that's still a lot of people. But Obama would have taken it seriously. He would have been like, all right, Defense and Production Act. Let's get these ventilators going. Let's get these masks going, right? Let's get these vaccines going, right? Because they would have came to him. And Obama, like a human being, would have read his reports and been like, holy shit. This, is good. this shit is about to hit the fan. We got to do something about this now to mitigate this damage and he would have done everything he needed to do. And matter of fact, he, probably, he said, he said, the shit is about to hit the fucking fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can imagine Obama would probably say something like that. You know, he watches movies. But, um, yeah, Obama would have done something about it. And like I said, there's no way that there wouldn't have been thousands and thousands of deaths because this is a very... Uh, it's a very contagious and very aggressive disease. Well, virus, I should say. I keep saying disease. So, but Obama would have taken it seriously. And I, I guess through the whole lifetime of this thing, 50, 60,000 would have died, right? And Obama would still catch shit for it, but at least we'd be comparable to other countries and how they handled it, right? You figure South Korea and Japan, they're already uh, sending kids back to school, right? Carefully but they're already sending kids back. I have a friend of mine, she's not even 40. And she's a school teacher. And she was just like, uh, where do I go? Uh, she, long story short, she wanted, to, uh, she wanted to write a will. Because if she's forced to go back to school, you know, go back to, to work, she doesn't know what's gonna happen to her. So she's already thinking about, well, maybe I should have a will just in case. So people already thinking like, yeah, we're, we're fucked, you know, uh, you know, we got president cuckoo bananas and then the other guy in line is basically just a, uh, uh, an automaton just, you know, who doesn't give a shit about nobody, but corporations, people are already just like, yeah, well, you know, let me just make sure all my affairs are in order. And that's not the way we should be as a society. Our society should be taking care of us because we put money into this society. We pay taxes whether we want to or not. Okay, so we should be getting something out of it. America has the ability to make trillions of dollars out of thin air like a bunch of magicians. But that money disappeared just as fast into the pockets of the rich. Okay, we all got like a, well, some of us that did, there were still about a million people who didn't get their $1,200 stimulus checks. Okay, after all this time. When did you get your check, Odie? Probably back in like April or May or something like that? Yeah, I think like, yeah, I think it was around April yep. yeah. or end of April. And now we're halfway through July and there are still some people who didn't get their stimulus checks. 
who need that money to live. They don't need that money so they can go to a strip club and, and, and floss. They need that money to live, to pay their bills, and they still haven't gotten it yet. So the fact that you got people, you know, fighting over dumb shit and then not really looking at, at the writing on the wall, it's amazing to me. And we try to get them hip to it, and they're just like, uh, you're, you're just a liberal cuck. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. But the fact that some of these Trump fans just turned around on wearing masks because Trump wore it, that was basically the point of Trump wearing the mask in the first place because he knows his people will do whatever he says, whatever he tells them to do. So if he wore the mask in the beginning, they would have worn the mask in the beginning and they wouldn't be sitting in Costco uh, yelling at people while not wearing a mask, that is, because it infringes on their freedoms. We all know that Trump fans are just basically, most of them anyway, I'm not going to paint them all with that broader brush. We do know a lot of them will do whatever Trump tells them to do. If Trump reverses course, they'll reverse course. You know, if Trump jumps off a bridge, they will jump off a bridge and then make their body aerodynamic to the point where they'll hit the ground before Trump because that's how much they love Trump. So if Trump had put us in the right, well, not us, but had put his people in the right direction from the beginning, we may actually be sending our kids back to school in September. But he didn't. And now we're, we are, we're in the skin that we're in. We would have been enjoying our summer. That's what the fuck. Yeah. You know, I, I'd be watching, uh, I'd be watching, I'd be in a movie theater watching Black Widow right now for the second time. Okay. So when, when I have people on my Facebook friends page who are defending Trump and they just say basic generic things like, well, you know, uh, Trump is the best, you know, just basic shit. Like nobody could back it up. You know, they're just saying, it's like people who watched the Phantom Menace and they were like, that's a great movie because they just love Star Wars so much. We all know the Phantom Menace was shit. But people came out the theaters, they're like, Phantom Menace was a great movie. No, no, it wasn't. It was garbage. You were just saying that because you're a Star Wars fan. You know, these people, they're, they're just Trump fans, so they see Trump fucking up constantly, and they're just trying to sugarcoat it. And the thing is, he's just a failure. Just because he's a president doesn't mean he's not a failure. And the only reason why he's president is because the people who voted for him were even bigger failures. At least the ones that support him. I've gone over this a few times about, you know, how I don't blame everybody who voted for Trump because the Democrats are failures too. <laughs> There's enough failure to go around in this whole circle. Okay. I was trying to think of something fun to, to, uh, to end the show because I didn't want to, I didn't want the show to be all doom and gloom. I will do this. Okay. And I want you guys to, to bear with me here. I do a 60-day horror movie marathon from the 1st of September until October 31st. It's really 61 days, but, mm -hmm. you know. Now, I try to watch a horror movie a day. You know, I try to watch maybe two on the weekends, right? Like on a Saturday and Sunday, I try to watch two. So, and because I'm so anal retentive and all that other stuff, I keep them on a spreadsheet, you know? So, what was it, uh, What's say Monday? So yesterday I went through and I went through a bunch of movies and I just said, okay, these movies either sucked or it's like I watched it and I don't need to watch it anymore. 
right? Like it's one of those movies where it's like, I don't need, I don't even need to watch this again. I didn't hate it, but it didn't stick with me, right? So these are the movies that are coming off my list for next year, right? Never going to watch these again. Planet Terror, and that's, that's wild for me because I own it on DVD. But I watched it again and now I'm just like, nah, movie wasn't that great. Gory as hell, but not that great. You had uh, Dead Detectives. Yeah, just by the name, you could tell that was stupid. Pet Cemetery <laughs> 20, uh, 2019, the remake was dumb. Castle Freak. I liked it. Which one, the Pet Cemetery? Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen or read the original? Seen, not read. Okay. Now, I will say this. Whether you saw pet, the original Pet Cemetery or read it, it's all the same because they actually did a pretty faithful uh, reworking of it. See, I like the fact that in the remake, they did go a different direction with how it ended. I appreciated that. I, I, I did too, for the most part, but a lot of the movie was just... The ending, I, I will say this, the ending wasn't bad. I did like the ending, you know? I will just give it that much. But the, but the, the in-between was just, meh. Uh, Castle Freak is a is a weird. I agree. Movie. I think you. I, I agree. I think that movie sucked. But <laughs> I think the only true movies that really bang from Stephen King, because you know a lot of his adaptations was pretty garbage to me, was Carrie and Firestarter. You know, I've never seen Firestarter. I may need to watch it this time around. I've never seen it, and I think it's on Netflix. I gotta check it out. Um, Castle Freak, uh, The Brood. Uh, School Spirit was some uh, Hulu original movie. Sucked. Uh, the Oath. Sucked. Uh, Tiffany Haddish was in that movie. God, that movie was garbage. Uh, Shivers. If you ever watch anything from Cronenberg, all that body horror. But uh, I don't need to watch it anymore. Dead House was one of those, uh, you know, Netflix streaming movies. was garbage. Curse of La Llorona. What a disappointing movie. God, that movie sucked. Uh, the Dead Don't Die with Bill Murray and Adam Driver. Oh my God. Trash. Uh, Us. Uh, I didn't hate it, but I never need to watch it again. Like I could watch um, Get Out again, but Us, I saw it and then I'm like, you know what? It's, it's good. I, I'm not going to watch it again. Uh, Charles Play 2019. I'm not going to say it sucked. I'm just going to say I don't have to watch it again. And then uh, Happy Death Day to You, which is the sequel to Happy Death Day. And I just think they just tried to cash in on it because Happy Death Day was a surprise hit. And you could tell it was a, a cash grab from the, from, from the start. But those yeah. are movies that are going to be off my list. And then I, there's a lot of new movies that are coming out that I'm going to add to my list. And maybe some old classics. Like I haven't seen Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in a long time. And there was two of them from back in the 30s. One with Spencer Tracy and one with Frederick March. And Frederick March is the one where he looked more like a caveman. Like if you ever see my avatar on, um, on Twitter, Mr. Hyde's Wrath, that's the Frederick March, Mr. Hyde. So, so he basically just looked like a caveman in a tuxedo. <laughs> but... I'm probably going to watch those back to back to start off my, uh, my horror movie marathon. Uh, Odie, what are your final thoughts? Stay your ass home. Uh, because we're about to go on lockdown anyway. So might as well get right back into it. 
Yeah. California's back on lockdown. So I saw that. I saw that. Uh, yeah. So Mr. Blue, what are your final thoughts? Vote. Well, maybe not vote. Leave. Go back to Africa. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, this country's a lost cause. Oh, I wouldn't say that, but let's just let's just say it like this. Um, I'm not betting money on us. <laughs> Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies, available on all streaming podcast apps with the exception of iHeartRadio. Yeah.